0: You are locked on Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers
1: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, my host of this wonderful show, and joining me because the Pacers did not win the lottery, but have the thirteenth overall pick. Tony East from West Indianapolis News and Forbes.com.
1: Tony, how are you doing? Adam, I would say the Pacers did win the lottery because they have me and you covering the team. Oh, my God. You're such a <laughs> M- mf <MF-er>. a <laughs> uh, Watching the lottery when your team isn't expected to move up and doesn't move up is the weirdest thing because I got this response on Twitter, and it's exactly what happens. Like You know it's not going to happen, right? Less than 5% chance.
0: But you're hoping. You're just hoping.
1: Let, you have no hope. You don't even have hope for me. It's just for some reason, like after the Warriors – Envelope got thrown upright, and they're about to call 13. Like, just for a second, you're kind of like, Yeah, here it comes. They're going to jump up. And you, you know what's not going to happen? I can't explain it. It's the absolute weirdest thing I've ever seen. I, every year it happens.
0: Yeah, I will say, Marina leaned over to me and said, Why are you so interested in this? You never entered in the lottery. And I said, Well, it's because it's the first time we, I've been doing this podcast where they actually gained in a lottery. Then, yeah. And even they've got the last one in the lottery, they, had, they were the 14th best odds. So, like, I didn't really care.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so the reaction for me was, okay, as expected, I'm an odds guy by default, numbers guy anyway. So i you know, no emotion anyway, but uh, yeah. It's, oh yeah, Mr. It's Analytical over here. <laughs> exactly, the boring guy. But really the odds played out pretty normal in general. And we'll get to, you know, how the stuff that actually happened and changed impacts the Pacers. But nothing jumped from 8 to 14, too, which I think... You know, I don't want to say that the that you do or, do or don't make the right choice when you don't chase losses or wins at the end of the year, but... But that helps. It, they, yeah, it, it doesn't... You know, for the tank crowd, it doesn't sting as much either when even the attainable slots, like, up to eight, like, none of those teams jumped up, right? The yeah, Raptors well, jumped up from seven, and we'll talk about the r- response to that later, but the Raptors were, like, seven wins behind the Pacers when it was seven. Yeah, the Raptors had
0: already tanked, like, basically by April.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... It was it was an unobtainable range to jump up, which has to sting a little less for everybody. But yeah, Pacers 13. Uh math is the worst, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. The only thing that will suck is if like somebody goes nine or ten, that would be a good we love. fit yeah. and becomes really good. And it's yeah. like, oh crap. But yeah, I go I got it did it did take a little bit off, like a little less it sting a little less when you saw all the teams chalk to the point where they could have been that like they could have been eight if a couple other things had broken the opposite way, because the bulls were not that far off in the Pacers for most of the season, but Toronto was, would have been pretty hard to fall that far. I mean, they would have to like really pack it in like on April one.
1: Yeah. Odds are weird, but this is, uh, and and maybe another reason that I think it's less huge um, that they didn't like fly up or anything. Like obviously the top four in this draft is really good and that's like its own tier, but this draft is, you know, every player is flawed from five to let's say 15 or 16, but like there's still a lot of good players in this draft um like a, a very like not top heavy lotto but top heavy like front half of the first round so even staying at 13 well it sucks obviously to not be in the top four you know that that sucks like i'm not trying to spin this is like yay but it's good that you get the opportunity still to pick someone good when there's so many solid options
0: yeah and i mean the the draft in general is is just a crap shoot i mean Even one of those top four guys. You know, I disagree
1: with that, but yes.
0: (laughs) It is a crap I
1: understand the sentiment of that.
0: that. Well, to me, unless you're picking number one, you still need so many things to break your way, and you still... Even if you're yes. the best evaluator, you're still hoping for certain guys, right? I mean, maybe two many a case for that as well. But like, there are a lot of years where like you're the third pick and like you could be the best evaluator, but it's a two player draft, or like you just end up with the number two pick and then one pick is like an Anthony Davis or Towns and like number two guys just nowhere near that level. So it doesn't really matter. So that's why it's like kind of a crapshoot. I mean, I think clearly the number one guy in this draft is like kade Cunningham and like. Lock lock number one but like two through four I imagine one of those guys will end up being a bust I mean just maybe not wow. a bust but maybe not a superstar maybe all three don't end up being like even you know all-stars but they're maybe good players right well so that's then kind of like it's where it comes a crapshoot right is it worth having a whole season of tank to get a rotation player that maybe you could have signed eventually right four players later yeah. like if you were decent like that that's where I just mean by it's a crapshoot we're like and then like there'll be somebody who will fall from you know 10 to 18 who ended end up probably being an all-star you know in the future. And that, and that guy who knows if all the Pacers, if they'll pick the right one,
1: look get the guy that ends up being, you know, a no-show. And this is a big one. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but I'm going to add some more context to it today, but like, look, O'Shea Brissett really helps, but you know, there's a chance Goga doesn't pan out and Aaron holiday after three years still searching for a solid role in the NBA, like the Pacers youth pipeline and Aaron holiday is like 25, by the way, the Pacers youth pipeline is just not that strong, right? It's It's, it's, it's not, necessarily weak percent really helps like push it into like maybe not acceptable but you know getting their territory but they nailing this pick is really important for that just to have stuff coming up to build your roster that isn't just role players you're signing every year but also the thing about the first round picks that are so valuable is their cheap salary controlled cheap salary for four seasons and covid really hurt the salary cap and it will for probably two more seasons based on the projections the nba has given out and the pacers are dealing with that they're they're already constrained on what they can do team-building-wise this summer. Um, they spent in 2019, and that made it harder for them to spend in 2020, 21, and 22. So nailing this pick and getting a cheap contributor is always important. And 13 has a lower salary than some of these other slots. Again, not a, again you'd always prefer to be top four. But another minor benefit is, is you get a cheap guy at 13 that can really help your team. Really important that they nail this one. Um, Just given the crossroads the team is at, with like this core kind of being in question, the head coach still being open, uh, it's 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 a very important draft pick for the Pacers this year. So uh, we will have to cover this draft very hard because it's it's important they nail this pick. Yeah, because they'll probably never. They're hopefully will never be this high
0: again in the next let's say four seasons, four seasons probably at least. I mean, maybe two, maybe more. The better way to view it, but like they shouldn't be this high. And so it's an opportunity. And I, you know, I think the question too is like is there an opportunity to move from 13 to like maybe 10 or nine with a move because you see something right. you like, and do they, cause that's where it's like the riskiest is right. If you jump from like 13 minutes, you have to probably overpay in theory to get that's a guy, but if it say. ends up being the right guy, it's not an overpay, obviously, but it's initially overpay to jump up
1: just even a little bit. We'll talk about that next week. We have a, a mock draft slash draft show coming up. Yeah. Moving up. Like if you love a guy or, you know, like in your heart of hearts, no, you never know, but if you're pretty sure a guy's going to be good, like you do it, but all the studies from NBA front offices and data people who write are like trading up is bad, right? You're over, you're typically overpaying to do so. And again, sometimes it works out a lot of times it doesn't. So you got to be careful there uh, just in general. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting draft for that too. Like I said, from, you know, five to 16, 17, you'll get someone solid Uh, depending on the mock draft. You look at it even goes as far as 21 to some guys that are, are talented or have some solid plus skills. So this is going to be an interesting draft to be at 13 and I'm excited to cover it. We'll talk about some prospects later, but you want to recover the actual lotto results.
0: Yeah, let's do that. But first it's like one quick break because today's locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Spotify green room. Spotify green room is the first social audio platform made for the sports fan. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with, me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting one of these this week, probably talking pacers, draft picks, maybe even coaching news as we see what happens later in the week. And you can join on the competition every day on Spotify Green Room is the perfect place to join or start a conversation. You'll find fans, debate parties, watch parties, post-game breakdowns, and reactions to big news and rumors. You have the chance to chat with all kinds of big name celebrities, even people like me. On uh, ours is the Locked On Pacers feed. Uh, Tony also does his on his own feed. Uh, sign up today. Get it on the on all iOS devices. You can create a profile link it to your Twitter. Uh, and then you can kind of choose the groups you like the most, whether it's NFL, MLB, NHL, whatever it is, or, or the NBA, of course. So follow us. You can hear us probably later this week, probably Saturday, Sunday. Check our Twitter feed for when we'll be doing that on Spotify Green Room. See you there. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Could the draft have gone any worse for the Pacers? Or draft lottery, sorry. Uh,
1: a little bit worse if the Bulls had moved up.
0: So it could uh, have been, it could have been Detroit, Cleveland, uh, sh- Chicago, Chicago with Toronto. T- Toronto would have been the worst, right? Yeah. But, but three of those teams ended up in the in the top four.
1: So if you listen to yesterday's show, we talked about the best and worst case scenarios. Beyond the Pacers jumping up, obviously the best case is them being one. But you know what you don't want to see as the Pacers is teams in your division move up, teams in your conference move up. And what you want to see is a lot of West at the top. And then what ends up happening, if you don't know by now, by the way, the top four is Detroit moves up to one from two. Houston falls back from one to two. The Cavs move up from five to three. And the Raptors move up from seven to four. And then in resulting moves, the Magic fall from three to five. The Thunder fall from four to six. Yes. A rare thing I'm rooting for in the NBA these days, the Thunder, the fall in the draft. And the Wolves, a.k.a. Warriors, fall from six to seven. So, yeah, the two div, two of the three optional teams that could have moved up for the Pacers the, in Detroit and Cleveland both moved up. Detroit getting number one and Cade Cunningham, presumably Wojardy reporting that Cade's only going to interview with one team. And it's Detroit before the draft. Um, and getting in that top three means you get one of Mobley Cunningham green. So huge for the Cavs. And we talked about yesterday, like a sneaky team that's problematic to jump up being toronto because they're right behind the pacers in the standings so now they have some juice they've got a huge asset to make a big play to improve so uh raw results for the pacers not great yeah um i guess
0: the Pacers will see cunningham in the uh the next probably seven years give or take unless he forces his way out somehow which is not the best um and i guess a team on like Cleveland's probably even scarier what do they end up with a third pick right
1: well, let's talk about the Cavs, actually. They're going to be a big focus for me of this right. segment. Yes, they are three. They have now number three, Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro. Adam, you watch the draft show, correct?
0: Yeah, they're they're close. That, that's why. They're, like, they're the scariest team because they're probably closer to being good than not because of all the young so guys.
1: Woj mentioned they could be a trade team with their pick. Um, that would be dumb, wouldn't to, it? I think so, but it right. doesn't matter what I think. Who could they Woj trade? I mean, okay, player. Give me who they could trade. I, I'm just saying what Woj said is that they will be aggressive to accelerate their rebuild with their pick. That and seems it so dumb
0: for that team. Jumping up
1: into the top five certainly limits the chance you do that. But no, that could be another factor here is the Cavs immediately try to get better even next year with the third pick. And we talked about yesterday, one pro of the Raptors moving up could be that they would be one of the teams willing to move their pick. That said, the, now that they're actually in the top four, I kind of feel like they won't. But anyway. Um,
0: is LeBron coming back? Is that why they're going to make the move?
1: I don't know what, why they would do that. I think that they just, they've been awful since LeBron left and they, their ownership. Dan Gilbert is really pushing to have them be good. Yeah, but
0: I mean, you got to think this will round out their starting five basically. I don't care
1: if it's smart or dumb. I'm just <laughs> following, following up on the report, really. We can, we can bother the locked on Cavs guys and say, why the hell would you do this? But that could be one saving grace here is that they potentially get out of it. Or if the Pacers do somehow find the assets to get up to three. They don't have them. But if they find them somehow, uh, that could be a team to move up with. But I don't think that that is a realistic thing.
0: So, like, I mean, this is not going to happen. But, like, is Sabonis even worth their overall pick?
1: To get what 13 and Sabonis does, probably doesn't get you to three.
0: Okay. I thought I was trying. To, I guess I was saying just for three straight up. But, yeah, 13. To, all right.
1: Oh, I don't even think 13 and Sabonis gets you to three.
0: Okay. That's what I was curious It That's might be close,
1: most, but I don't think you get two to three. I think he could get you to five. I think it could get you to five for sure, but not to three.
0: Well, Columbus City's at five, right?
1: Uh the magic are
0: at five. Okay, magic are five. Yeah, But
1: then uh I would not do that trade though. Yeah,
0: no, I wouldn't do that for five. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think and then you look at four Toronto, that's is gonna use I mean, they also could use that pick to get better there. I mean, there's right. or they really get another young guy and have a now kind of an, a next level core of this guy with Siakam and Fan Fleet and OG and kind of just start to rebuild again, sort of on the fly. Because like, 'cause they'll be I think next year they'll if they bring back Lowry, they'll be one of the more competitive teams next year. Again, I mean, once they're playing back in Toronto and not having to travel to Tampa Bay and live like not at home, that will help them just be a better team next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're They're an interesting offseason with like Lowry being a free agent. Siakam was like 28. Right. So them and Fred Van Vliet's a little older for like a kind of young in terms of NBA experience guy. It's like, OG's young and good. Chris Boucher's young and good, but they, they'll have some interesting crossroads and crossroads the offseason. And their their exec, Masai Ujiri, still technically not signed to a deal anyway. So then moving up is certainly interesting because again, they were two spots behind the Pacers in the East standings, right? Charlotte being one behind and then them. Oh, and the bulls, Never mind, three behind, but they were, you know, a title team two, three years ago. Uh, yeah. Three titles ago now. That's crazy. And they have talented players on their team. So them jumping up is certainly interesting. We're beating around the bush. Like Detroit is in the Pacers division and now we'll have Cade Cunningham. Like they have to play Cade yeah, four but- times a year and he's going to, I'm almost positive. He's going to be, Like, very good. Uh, That doesn't mean anything to speak in absolutes for draft picks. But he looks like he's going to be awesome, right? So Yeah, but the Pistons roster is so bad that I don't think next year is a big concern. Well, I like Killian Hayes, who they picked last year. Isaiah Stewart, Beef Stew, was good for them this year. They picked him 16th last year. Uh, So they have some interesting young stuff. Jeremy Grant was good. I mean, they, they could flip him and start a rebuild that's solid very, very quickly. Like, almost immediately. Yeah, I mean... So I guess that's
0: interesting. Is, is is Jeremy Grant on the market now all of a sudden again?
1: Uh if he is, that would be an awesome fit for the Pacers.
0: Right. It's a bit, we've been talking about him for what three years now? Yeah. Promised individual. So is his trade. first
1: free agency with Denver?
0: Right. It's hard to make a trade in, in the division, I guess. Is the only issue. Like yeah, that kind of I me.
1: think so, but the one Troy Weaver will do whatever he wants. They're they president of Best Collaborations. And they're two, on different like, timelines. I was gonna say they're on totally different timelines. It's not that ridiculous to me.
0: So like, what, what could Jeremy Grant get traded for?
1: I don't know or yeah. want to really dive okay. into that unless it becomes a thing that is clearly going to Yeah, no, But
0: I, I guess my point would be I, I think I things like Cunningham will be good, but I think next year is maybe not the concern. No, no. it's looking not. at year two or three. And I mean, and then I still will kind of see if he's if he's kind of that kind of level superstar or not. Because like yeah. Zion, while they were was scary his first year, it was really last year where he got like, really scary really scary right right like i mean the team was. Brandon ingram was a was scary two go for the pelicans really not i mean zion was but it was really more ingram making that show
1: you have any uh rocket thoughts here i mean they were the worst team in the league and they fought yeah the I, here's, here's, what, here's what i want to know you're
0: you're very anti-oklahoma city because they're tanking
1: yes no no no, like, no not because they're tanking oh, oh go no. ahead keep going
0: oh okay then tell me why you're just give me the quick synopsis. See, there
1: there's like a line to me right like like there's tanking that I don't dislike because you're actively losing like the Raptors and at the end of the season. And then there's like, we have Al Horford on our team. We're just going to bench him the rest of the season. Oh, we got a good player. Finally. Now nah, we don't want him. We're going to bench him the rest of the season too. Oh, we, we, this guy, we picked up off the street named Charlie Brown. We're going to play, start him and play like, like there's tanking. And then there's like insulting your fans. It's like process level bad. We're like, the result has to be amazing for it. And I I'm, I've been pro process for a while cause it looked like it was going to work out, but it hasn't so far. So I, I, there's a line where it's like you're tanking and like, you're still providing a service to your fans. And then there's what the thunder are doing where like, they have more first round picks than available roster spots and like are actively benching good players on purpose. So like, I get why they're doing it. They're not stupid for doing it. It's smart, right? It's, it's team building the way the NBA has set up, which sucks, but, um, it's like insulting to fans in a way that that hurts me. But anyway, carry on with what your point was going. I'll today.
0: say I think I'm more offended about the Rockets and Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean that this is a Rockets team that like four years ago had a had an MVP level player, one of the best like co-stars of Chris Paul, who was like part of the reason they was a teammate when to change position in the Suns. The one a top five, seven coach. But they tried. The
1: top, they tried.
0: No, but they, their owner actively basically ran D'Antoni off the market. Bori yes. Mori to fill to Philadelphia, and then. Dumped Harden or enforced the Chris Paul trade, then forced the Harden dump. I mean, that's what I mean. At least Oklahoma City. Uh, like, I think
1: uh, I think James Harden forced the Chris Paul trade.
0: Okay. Well, eh. yeah, but that's where you have ownership. where you are like, no, no right. we're not. We're not doing that. I mean, like...
1: I definitely think that that their owner played a role, but they were trying to win. Like, I have more sympathy for that. But the, but but,
0: I I feel like that's worse because like at least Oklahoma City. Everything happened to them was because of their market size, and like they like tried, right? They won Kevin Durant; he didn't want to come back. They wanted to keep Paul George, but he didn't want to be there, right? They wanted to. Yes, he did.
1: He signed a five-year max deal to be there.
0: Yeah, but then he said he didn't. They just traded him because they knew they didn't. They traded him
1: because they got Shea in every pick under the sun.
0: Yeah, but what I mean is like at least that like it feels like they're trying to win. Where I think Houston just feels like I don't know. I mean, are they going to get a superstar and then trade him three years from now because the owner can't afford it? I mean, I'm just like I don't know. I just would. Like I do hate that the cheap owner
1: aspect, yes. that is. Well, Houston had the infrastructure
0: there. Even if they get rid of Harden and they get rid of Chris Paul, they had a great GM who is one of the best GMs in the league and a great coach, and somehow now they have, like, nothing, like, literally nothing but a pick. Like, Oklahoma City at least kept their really solid drafting GM and impressed who has had a great draft history. And, like, it feels like if they can get – like, if they can just hit on one ladder pick, we'll build around really quickly and we'll try to make it work, right? They're not going to, like, just, like, keep – Pushing this inevitable timeline for more and more picks over and over again. Yeah,
1: you know how you, uh, I think they have picks, what, 17 picks through 2027? 20, that sure seems like pushing the inevitable
0: timeline. No, but I, I think it seems like if they can hit on a lottery pick, which would be basically their pick next year or two, they'll use their picks to make other trades, package up to do other things and try to like kind of. I will believe
1: roster. it when I see it. I'm not going
0: to. I mean, this is the team too, Oklahoma say that drafted three years in a row, uh, what? Durant, Harden, Westbrook—like three MVPs and three straight drafts. That's pretty freaking impressive in itself.
1: That was impressive. And they, and but then you had impressed. he's a good GM doing the path set forward for him by the league. I don't belittle him for that necessarily, but there's like extreme steps that make me just shudder as a fan of back. I know, but they are these are the, they're the
0: smallest market, right? Absolutely, absolutely, right. So like they're the smallest market, and they definitely
1: had a path to
0: be a, like a championship team, and then Kevin Durant left, and that was it.
1: The Warriors aren't going to run the league next year. Uh, they did not move up. That's the only other lot of thought I really had. The, I guess the Pels, too. Those two teams were like, if they moved up, I'd be like, whoa. but Yeah, no.
0: or Hornets. That would have been really rough.
1: Hornets as well. Yeah.
0: You want to talk about good.
1: some prospects? I and you, I guess, if you've watched any college basketball at this point, like at 13?
0: Yeah, let's do a way too early who's going to be at the 13th pick uh, next. But first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Bill is an amazing protein bar we've been talking about for a long time on this podcast. They make nine delicious flavors plus a ton of limited time flavors. They come in coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate and salted car- car- caramel and caramel, however you want to call it. Uh, my favorite one is the peanut butter brownie. 17 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carbs. These are great kind of snacks if you're trying to maintain or this weight, or just indulge and in a delicious snack. I personally love them as a kind of a mid-afternoon snack between meals. You know, you need that, you need that four o'clock kind of, kind of uh, something, and I love Built Bar for that. And go to builtbar.com right now from code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D15. You get 15% off your next order. Pro code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built Bar. Dot com and we are also brought to you by betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got the baseball season full swing, NBA, Eastern and West Conference Finals kicking off today. I guess we're in game two of Phoenix. Clippers, as I'm recording this ad, so you can go to Betaline.ag to make all those bets. You get the latest news and odds for all your major sports, the big four, and as well as UFC and MMA. So before the next pitch, head over to Laptop Mobile no device and check out all the great sporting news, set up bonus kinds of information. Don't send any anymore as your team. This is your chance to get in as teams prep for their playoff runs. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on Betaline.ag. Go to Betaline.ag today, your online sports book experts. All right, before we get to like a, a player, I want you to give me your way too early odds the Pacers trade the 13 overall pick.
1: Trade it like at all?
0: Yeah, give me a percentage. Just give me like up, a
1: down for something else. Uh, uh
0: anything. Okay, well, let's put this 13 for a player. What what are the odds of that? Like straight up for to p- p- play. I
1: think that's the lowest odds I would have of them trading the pick. Okay, it's so just what's the like a player with no other picks in return?
0: Five, ten percent chance, less, maybe less. Less five, less than five. Four, one. One. Yeah. one, okay. What are the odds they package a pick with the future pick or something else to move from, let's say 13 to inside the top 10? Uh,
1: three.
0: <laughs> okay. So you think there's like a 95% that they just use the pick on player.
1: I think they either use the pick or try to move up. using a rostered player or down to get something else. Interesting. I saw this floated on Twitter today. Like for example, I would, I would not do this for the record hand up. No chance. I do this actually I'm just saying this is the kind of stuff you'll hear. Like, Grayson Allen and 17 for 13. I know Grayson Allen gets memed up, but He's actually, like, a good NBA player. Yeah, he's a, he's a rotation but like, player for sure. that kind of stuff could be there, right? Like, I get t- wary,
0: though, trading down, because, like, why do the two want to trade up, and then do they end up hitting on the pick? Like, you don't want to be Denver with Donna Mitchell three <laughs> years ago. Like, that just looks terrible.
1: It does. It does. Um, there's a lot of trade-ups that look stupid, too, though, like the Kings. When did they, they, they give up 15 and 21 two years ago for someone not good? I can't remember who it was. No, like, wasn't it the other way? Didn't the Kings get those picks? I don't remember. Let me Carter. look at old drafts before I say anything wrong. Well, I mean, like the Pacers, like you don't want to be Kawhi Leonard for George Hill,
0: basically trying to trade, right? right. We've already seen that right. for the Pacers history, but they was might be the most like, we'll probably go down as one of the worst moves in Pacers history, even though like, I don't, at the time it was very justifiable, but like
1: in hindsight, it was like terrible. Uh, trading up for Jarrett Culver, not looking good for the, Timber, or for the Timberwolves. It, it, it's pretty split 50-50 there. I don't think you can do like fear of the PR to not make a move that you like, but I wouldn't do that trade. I'm just saying that kind of. No, strategy. I don't know if it's PR fear. I think it's just kind of fear of like, oh crap, that guy like
0: becomes great. We should just take him instead of.
1: Well, what? that's nothing if it's not PR. That doesn't matter. But um, no, I, I, I guess it, maybe not the PR. I just like, it's like if that team
0: willing to trade up. They must see something. What are we missing kind of thing? I guess maybe how I feel. Oh, yeah.
1: You have different right? scouts than the them. Make different move we'll them. Like, oh, you'll, you'll have you'll have different up. info than a team with a different scout. I, I know.
0: don't know. It's just I don't know. I guess it is. I guess it probably is kind of PR, but also it's kind of like well, now you miss out Donovan Mitchell <laughs> he made it. That trade.
1: sometimes happens. That sometimes happens. Or you trade uh, Mikael Bridges for Zaire Smith and uh, yeah.
0: I was going to say Bridges. that 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 was the last like kind of big top. I mean before I guess it was, I mean, that was after Donovan Mitchell. That was like, the last like outside the top ten trade. That ended up working out. Really that well. was a top
1: ten. He was ten. Well, 10, okay, we count that, yeah, on the edge, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's certainly interesting how all that happens. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the the Zach Collins pick was Sacramento in twenty. This is what I remember. Twenty seventeen, the Kings had ten. They traded it to Portland. Portland picked Zach Collins, and then the Kings ended up getting fifteen, where they picked Justin Jackson, and twenty where they picked Harry Giles. So uh, yeah,
0: it worked out. So for I the, would
1: say that trade was a loss for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, I don't know. Zach Collins, is But moving like... up seems like the win there. I think Zach Collins is good. So Yeah, it's just whether you can stay healthy or not. Yeah, so I'd say the most likely deal is like a small up or down move with it, but yeah. I would put nothing at more than a small percentage just because of what we just talked about, right? The cap implications and the youth implications are pretty big for this one in yeah, a way that gonna... they haven't been with past picks, right? Like when the Goga pick came up, Aaron Holiday was looking like a good player, right? And during the time of the TJ Leaf pick, Miles was still young. Vic was young. And Sabonis was young, right? They have had youth for their past drafts. Last year's pick, they traded for Brogdon. This year, it's like they got it. They got an nail so.
0: All right, so give yeah. me your uh, wait, your top choice at 13 if he's available. It's not like, uh, that's reasonable, okay? Let's do reasonable.
1: And it's, just don't pick a center, please. <laughs> we didn't even scout the centers two years ago. <laughs> we had to be like, oh, Goga, I know very little about it. Uh, I don't know that I have a top guy necessarily. I'm still ranking everybody. That is reasonable. Scotty Barnes is my favorite outside the top four guy. He's going to go five or six. So he's not a guy I can really talk about here, but after the consensus four plus Kuminga plus Barnes, I feel like really anything could happen from seven to 15. Again, we'll do a mock next week. I really like Josh Giddy. He's this Australian point guard from the Adelaide uh, 87 or 70 somethingers. I forget their team name. It's a number. Um, he is really smart on offense, really good with the ball. Great passer, uh, not the greatest finisher yet or shooter, but projects really well as a shooter. His defense is kind of weak. He's pretty upright, but his basketball IQ is absolutely ridiculous. And he's a six foot eight, like point guardy style player. Really unique. I like him quite a bit. Kai Jones. I really like, but I can't talk about him because you told me no centers. I mean, uh, they have to trade three centers right. to get a center. I know. I, yeah. They shouldn't pick him. I'm just, I like him. Um, Jaden Springer point guard from Tennessee and Sharif Cooper point guard from Auburn. I like both of them for various reasons. Uh, Sharif Cooper might have some messed up stuff in his draft combine measurements, but if they are accurate and he's actually six foot four, instead of the six foot one, he was at Auburn and he grew, he's a top 10 guy. And then, uh, I've, I've watched a lot of guys, but, and then, um, I, my gosh, I'm just tripping all over my words trying to talk right now. Uh, the stats, the analytics side of the game really loves friends Wagner, Franz Wagner from Michigan. I haven't watched him yet, but great true shooting, great steal percentage, great block percentage. He looks like he's going to be pretty good. James book Knights really popular in draft circles, uh, right now from Yukon. There's a lot of names. Jalen Johnson from Duke was pretty good before he ended up sitting out the rest of the season. Moses Moody from Arkansas fills up the stat sheet. Corey Kispert from Gonzaga can really shoot it and move. He could be good. And I would hesitate to just pick an older guy just because of age, which is dumb this year, but uh, that could be stupid. If you really like a guy just pick him, but there's a lot of good options that I kind of like at this pick. There's basically, there's only like two or three guys that I don't like that I've watched so far. So it's going to be interesting.
0: What do you think of Cody Kisper? Corey Kisper. Sorry.
1: I I talked about him a little bit. Yeah. I think he could be good. Uh, Really good shooter. Really good movement shooter, better defender and creator than given credit for, but he's old. Uh, He's really old. So that's a little scary for a team. Again, in need of youth and, Struggle, not quite the self creator that the Pacers might need, although wings are really important for this team, and he's a really good shooter. He'd fit really well with Sabonis uh, if he is picked, so he'd be good, but maybe not the top pick you'd have. You don't pick for fit, but you know, if all the guys you like are gone by thirteen, yeah, Kispert'd be fine.
0: Well, so the reason I mentioned both David Mitchell and Corkisberg is because they are older players, and does the Pacers right. do they go with somebody who's a little older who maybe actually can play in his first season? Right. I, I mean, obviously, David
1: might be older than O'Shea or Set.
0: I think David's twenty three. Yeah. I mean, they also both played big games. I was both rooting the national title game this year. That helps. I just I just wonder if there's something about
1: that. Did the Pacers want somebody with a little more age? The tournament bump scares me so much. Like, so much. I'm trying to think. So, who was the last? Steve Chenzo?
0: Main... And he's been pretty decent, right? You got mean, a, he you got
1: a big tourney bump.
0: Uh, who was the other guy on Villanova that got a big tourney bump? I'm blanking on his name. Was it Bridges?
1: No, he was already going to go high.
0: Okay. But he also he had a really good tournament that helped, I think, boost him a little bit. I mean... Trying to think, I guess if the, there's a couple of Syracuse guys who wanted to jump because of tournament bumps, like look at um oh well, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh Mikel Richardson.
1: I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he went 20.
0: He <laughs> he basically went from non-pick to 22 overall because of that. Uh went to the Kings.
1: A lot was, of Louisville guys end up getting tournament bumps. Well, scores. like, so like, like Russ it, Smith it, it, got a tourney bump, he didn't turn out to be much in the NBA.
0: Yeah, but like Don Mitchell got a tourney bump, pretty sure, didn't he? Did they even did he even play in the tournament? I feel like he got a tournament bump, but maybe it was just <laughs> I mean, so like you get the Kentucky guys to make tournament bumps, but I feel like there is some, I guess, like Trey Burkson, and the guy I got a tourney bump way back in the day, right? Yeah, Seven he days. was bad. He was, he was not, not good. I don't know. I don't know if I'm afraid of the of the tournament. But Gordon Hayward, t- tournament bump guy for sure, definitely, definitely. definitely. But also that same year, for dead, I think, and he wasn't a tournament bump.
1: Kemba, yeah,
0: Kemba tournament bump. So I don't know. I, I guess I, I think, I think Kemba
1: was a tourney bump. Definitely was. No, he was really good before that. Yeah, but then he won six really straight games by himself. That. I'm trying to find other tourney bumps from like really recent. Uh, who's
0: the guy LeBron loved that played for Connecticut? Oh yeah, Shabazz Napier. Shabazz right? Napier got tourney bump for he that He was win. a tourney bump. He was bad.
1: <laughs> I, I forgot I, like, I,
0: I think it's a mixed bag. I don't think it's as like um, I mean, you go back like Sean May. Yeah, that's bump. why it's scary. It's not, it's not a thing. It's like, if bad. it's a
1: mixed bag, that means it's not real. <laughs> it's just that they're either good players already or they're not good players already. I guess my back to my point was
0: I was I was trying to do it from the beginning of this was like, I do think there is. Some value in an older player for the Pacers because at least can play right away, or maybe you feel like he can. I mean, obviously some rookies can't do. I mean, never
1: Turner. pick for that. Never pick the instant contributor.
0: Well, I don't.
1: I feel I like never the, believe that that's. I feel best. like the
0: Pacers. It's a very like. Uh, there's a, they a they long history of doing that.
1: Contract next year, they don't have like minutes to offer. That seems sad. that's
0: true, but they have a history of going with like. I mean. I'm trying to think of, like, they've had Tyler Hansborough. Definitely. Having a
1: history of doing things bad does not mean they should do bad things again.
0: No, but I think there is some – I mean, there is some value in having a little bit older player, right? If you look at – um no. like is a little older. Same with uh, – Jimmy Butler was two, three seasons, same with D-Wade. I mean, there's some there's some value
1: in that. That's because they're good, not because they're older. <laughs> That's what their value was.
0: Yeah, but there's so much matu- – when you come in a more mature. I don't think Davion is
1: good. I think Kispert's okay. I don't think Davion's good. Oh, Who I, else I mean- is old that I like or don't like? I, I already talked about Jared Butler, who I liked. Uh, I mean, there's also. Chris Duarte and, from Oregon's pretty good, but he's already 24, right? Like, that's so scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, that guy contribute right away. They're basically. off their rookie deal and they're
0: 28. You know, you know who was a great, uh, under underutilized older guy who came in the league who currently plays for the Pacers? Should I? Malcolm Brogdon. He played like five years of college, didn't he? Yeah. He came in right away. Was, from
1: his, his age tanked him into the second round. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Came in right away, was a contributor from year one, from day one.
1: Yes, he was. wasn't projected to be, but good for him. Yeah, I mean, rookie of the year. What, how good. many minutes did he play like his first couple of games? This is just a random thought. I want to know um, how much the, the other, other guy. I guess thought. is that, the other guy has been
0: obviously. I mean, in every every draft, other mock draft, you see Jalen Johnson from Duke as the other.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched him much, and it's kind of harder to find film on him because he just he opted out midseason. Yeah, uh, so I don't I have as much info on him. His defensive stats only are insane, like unbelievably good. So he, you know, based on that, you, you have to be, well, he's a position, oh, right? He's the exact yeah, the, position. Forward. There's a lot of interesting position guys like Franz and uh Scotty Barnes and Jalen Johnson. And there's some bigger forwards like Kispert's a bigger forward, right? Uh And some of the, the two guards, even like book Knight. well, he's listed six, five, but his draft combines a lot shorter than that. So, but again, the combine measurements are a little bit. Moses Moody's a bigger two guard who could probably play the three, right? So there's a lot of sizey wings, out there Zaire williams uh who i don't necessarily like at 13 although he's interesting could be one as well so interesting interesting size draft
0: yeah i mean I, I think we'll get a clearer picture as right as it goes on who who's talking about who they bring in for workouts I mean, that'll be a, a bigger clue this time than move.
1: yeah it was I mean, we didn't really get a feel for that last year although they only did zoom interviews last year well last so. year also
0: didn't they pick they didn't have a freshman pick last year Tony.
1: yeah but they still interviewed prospects
0: yeah but they have picked like what do they have? Like the 54th overall pick, right? Like that.
1: They interviewed first round level guys last year. Yeah. But like interviewed Tyrell Terry.
0: Yeah. But I'm saying like, I think we'll get a better idea. Cause this is a pick that actually have to make the pick. Not just like a, could they maybe trade in some random how to get a guy like, Oh,
1: I, I don't know. I, I hope they do the same level of process either way. Honestly.
0: Yeah. But I guess also some guys might choose not to, Right. I mean, it's a combination. You only right? choose
1: not to interview with the team if you are basically promised a pick above that spot and you're just wasting your time.
0: Yeah. Also, last year was weird with COVID. I mean, there's also that, but I'm just saying. Well, last year a, was very weird. Yeah. I mean, we got to. Did they bring in TJ Leaf in 20? They bring in Gogo in 2019? Uh, I think so. Right. We probably just ignored it because we were like, oh, ah, they probably brought him for fun.
1: I can Google it.
0: What center do you think they're going to end up bringing in? It's going to give us all heart attack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I didn't even said his name. Alpren Sengun. He's from um, overseas. His, again, stats are ridiculous over in Europe from Bastikas. 24 points per game, 11 points and draft. Do they stash and draft? Not with a 13th pick. You better not stash and draft. With the 54th pick, maybe you stash and draft. Because their roster so full. I'm already ready to, to, to get people behind me for this. No one should be happy if they if if your team trades a second round pick for cash like that's a slap in the face. They pick fifty four and sixty. I will start leading that that charge at some point, but maybe you draft and sash with those picks.
0: I'm okay if your team selling a pick. I guess they have a roster spot.
1: Oh no way! They trade an asset for owner cash like here's here's. the team, How are you not just furious?
0: Here's the only way I'd be okay with that. Is if they go and pay a lot for a coach and they don't have the money, but it's yes, the coach.
1: Yes, if they're going to use that money on actual good stuff Then maybe. Yeah. I don't know if we have evidence of that ever happening <laughs> or if they use that cash like to get another pick like a higher pick or something like if there's like a small exchange of cash and they pay out less uh, something like that or but, they
0: use to like upgrade the stadium.
1: <laughs> the Pacers literally paid cash for the pick that became Edmund Sumner like that kind of yeah, no, Shit I get it. You happens just, like that can't yeah. happen. That's as a small
0: market team, you definitely should do it because you're you. Right, you're, you get so many bites of the apple, you want to make sure. Like, yes, even with a small one, you have a chance.
1: But that is not lotto related. I'm just ranting about this draft and stash stuff. So yeah, uh, we'll see. I don't really know if I have a favorite yet. I don't. I don't know. I liked Giddy a lot at first, but I mean, his, his defensive limitations are certainly scary. So I think he he could end up being one of the best five guys in this draft, and he could end up being. Not that awesome because he doesn't really bend his knees when he plays basketball, which seems like it should be important. So we'll see. I'm not sure if I have a favorite person yet.
0: All right. So what else do we have coming up this week?
1: Uh, it's youth week since there's not a lot to cover in terms of what the, the actually having 13 changes the Pacers plans. No need to schedule any new shows. So two more player season recaps this week, Cassius Stanley Pacers second round pick from last year and their other youth guy, O'Shea Brissett. So stay tuned for those things.
0: Uh, as always, you can follow us podcast at locked on Pacers. We for Men of Five, Tony T's NBA. That's all for Locked on Pitch Packs. And we'll see you guys again tomorrow.